What's up guys? Today we are talking about the great divide when it comes to chiropractic business. We're leaving philosophy 100% aside right now. I want to talk to you guys about the divide that is happening, the two paths that chiropractic businesses are walking down. And I'm going to tell you, it is so much more different than it was 20 years ago. So the big question is this, how are chiropractors like us who are juggling life as a doctor, business person, and entrepreneur, who are spending money from our own pockets? How do we find the secrets in our industry that will help us serve more people, see bigger results, and not go broke in the process? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Bo, and welcome to The Chiropractic Secret. Today, we are in week 22 of COVID. Can you believe that? I don't know, guys. This is just absolute craziness, insaneness. If you guys have not listened to last week's episode, please pop on as I literally go through all the highs, all the lows, all the peaks, valleys, pitfalls, you name it, as far as things that I've been experiencing in my practice here during COVID. But today, guys, I want to talk to you guys about something that I believe is the present and the future of chiropractic. You know, guys, uh, I'm the son of a chiropractor who has now been in practice for 38 years. If you are a younger generation chiropractor listening to this, you have or may have heard of something called the Mercedes 80s. And basically what that was is that during that time when you were an insurance provider and let's say you rendered care, you could bill anything you want, literally up to like $200 an adjustment and they would typically pay everything minus 20%. So for instance, for every hundred bucks that you did, you would basically get a check for about $80. And uh, I'll be honest with you, as being a son of a chiropractor whose dad was kind of in his heyday in the late 80s, life was freaking great. I mean, we had multiple houses, multiple vehicles. My dad is a pilot. We had two planes. I mean, it was great. He was serving 60 to 70 patients a day. Money was incredible. We have an incredibly beautiful office that he's built, uh, owns the building, owns his practice, owns his home. I mean, it was some good times. Well, like those good times, bad times soon followed. And now I will say my dad has done an incredible job as far as managing his money and what have you, but a lot of doctors did not. And what they soon found was a lot of these doctors started to go bankrupt. Their overhead was way too high. The insurance payments started to dwindle and get lower and lower and lower. And ultimately, enrollment in chiropractic colleges dwindled as well. You know, back in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, enrollment at a normal chiropractic college would be almost at 100%. I went to Palmer West, um, and when I would talk to people that graduated in like 89 to 95, they would tell me that their classes were 150 students deep, that they had a waiting list for uh, an opportunity to matriculate in. And then as we got closer to the 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, insurance really kicked in and took away a lot of the income opportunities for doctors. And so did 
the enrollment. Matter of fact, at one point, uh, enrollment was down so much in a lot of colleges that they were only offering one time a year where you could go to that college. Sometimes it was twice a year, but it was never every quarter. And that's been until recently is a little less 10 to 15 years ago. Now, why do I tell you guys all this? I tell you all this because I believe I've kind of seen the past and lived it. And I see where we're at right now. And I kind of am reading the tea leaves as far as moving forward. Now, I'm not here today to tell you or to try to sell you on a cash practice or some gimmick or anything like that. I just want to give you guys my honest opinion as far as where I see the profession headed. Now, I am lucky enough to say that I am able to sit on a lot of conversations with a lot of influential people in our profession. And it's very interesting to kind of see different perspectives. And I want to talk to you guys about that today because there are two perspectives happening in the profession right now. So I want to kind of lay this out. I, in my mind, I kind of have two separate columns. In column number one, I'm going to call this the standard quo. Basically, if you're a doctor right now, you're continuing to take insurance. You're continuing to see PI cases. You're, you may see a mix of cash patients. That's kind of column number one. And then column number two is what I call the specialty practice, the niche practice, the boutique practice. You guys can call it whatever you want. But I kind of want to just break down the two because a lot of students listen to this podcast, a lot of young doctors listen to this podcast, and they're really trying to decide who am I going to be or what am I going to change as far as my next practice or where I'm headed in the future. Now, I'm not going to tell you what type of practice that I currently have. I think that's irrelevant because I want to try to give you guys a really uh, black and white perspective as far as where chiropractic is currently. Now, if you are an insurance practice, meaning you take insurance, I'm going to tell you that a lot of offices are heavy insurance across the, the, the board, so to speak, meaning we are able to survey about a thousand doctors a year. The average quote unquote insurance practice is 65% insurance, about 30% cash and about 5% PI. That's kind of what you would consider average. Now, again, on the other side would be the boutique, the niche, the cash only practice, what have you. We'll talk about in a second. But what I am also going to tell you is if you fall into that first column of being a you know insurance dependent type of practice, what we are seeing is that, reins that insurance reimbursement continues to dwindle down. You know, when I first started in a practice 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, we were seeing on average of $60 per chiropractic visit. And that held true for quite a few years. Then it went to 55, then it slid to 50, 52, 48, and now we're seeing $43 per visit on average. Now, a lot of you guys will yell and moan and, and, and talk dirty about American specialty health, and, and to be honest, I'm right there with you. I think they're the devil. I think that they literally are doing nothing but harm to the chiropractic profession, but guess what? It's not just chiropractic. It's all the professions. They're hired by the insurance company to come in and audit claims and deny claims. I mean, that's the only way around it. They hire kids out of school who have never taught in a clinical setting or ran their own practice to become auditors. 
And when you guys go and have to submit claims, just like I have been, you know, they'll deny care and you'll call them and you'll say, hey, look, this guy has an, a legit L4 herniation. Here's an x-ray and an MRI, you know, his dermatomes, myotomes, his refluxes are all diminished and you're giving me three adjustments. What the hell's going on? And honestly, guys, they're just drones that are there to look at things and deny and approve and deny and approve. And how would they know? They've never been in clinical practice or the very limited clinical practice. And they also know that, you know, oh, I adjusted five people before I got my license. They have no idea how long it takes to get people better, but they're working in a set of parameters. Now, before I go into any more, I, I want to stop myself there because I can get really fired up about insurance. But here's what I want you guys to know is that the insurance reimbursement continues to dwindle. Like I said, 60 to $43 now. And we charge very, very well as far as our billing department. I've got an incredible person who literally goes to every H.J. Ross seminar, is always watching the latest Medicare uh, webinars. She's on it. She's freaking great. We get like 98% of claims paid. So it's not that money is just sitting out there. It's just the fact that money's not there anymore. Now, here's some of the pros and some of the cons of running an insurance practice versus a boutique practice or specialty practice. So first off, you know, when we look at the numbers and that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Like I said, I don't want to go into too much, you know, politics or philosophy. I really want to look at this from a black and white numbers perspective. The average chiropractor in their first two years of chiropractic practice will make anywhere between forty and sixty thousand bucks. That's just on average. Then after about three to five years, doctors start to find their groove. They start to figure out how they're going to make money, how to do billing correctly, how to do marketing correctly, and they typically land in the range of about one hundred and fifteen to two hundred thousand dollars of take-home salary. Now, if you guys are an average chiropractic practice, that means that your take home is roughly about 50% of what your overhead is. And your overhead usually runs at about 40 to 50%. And as you guys know, in a lot of these uh, podcasts, I'm always talking about trying to keep your overhead low. And the reason is, is because if your overhead's too high, obviously you got to work harder to make more money and it's going to cost you more money at the end of the month, which means you don't make as much money. So the big deal about it is this, if you're a doctor who's going to make about $100,000 to $120,000 take home every single month, you need to produce about $225,000 a year in collections, not in production, but in collections. Now, if you guys know anything about production and collections, you know that you may be producing $40,000 a year of services, but only collecting $25,000 a month of actual collections. So the average person in an insurance dependent model that needs to make $20,000 of collections at an average of about $40 a visit needs to see about 500 patient visits a month or about 125 patients a week. Now, some of you may think that's not bad. Other of you may think, holy crap, 125 a week. That's a lot of people. Now, the big difference between 
a specialty practice, niche specific practice, and a uh, insurance based practice is that in niche specific practices, guys, you can charge whatever you want. Now, I will tell you from the different people that I've kind of heard, and I can't give you specific numbers with each doctor, but for these specialty practices, and I'm talking pediatrics, I'm talking CBP, I'm talking upper cervical, I'm talking sports specific, we're seeing on an average of right around $70 uh, a visit as far as collections. Some people are higher, some people are lower. Like I said, I can't give you specifics, but I'm just going to give you a generality as far as what a specialist can charge. So now if I go any deeper, let me please tell you this, that you're going to look at that and say, wait a second, 40 bucks for insurance, $70 for specialty. Of course I'm going to go specialty. But here's what also I want you guys to know. And here's a very important thing is if you're a generalist, if you are an, an average, let's say medical doctor, not even saying chiropractic right now, but let's say you're a normal GP, your net, meaning your ability to attract more people is very, very wide. Your net is wide. So your chances of seeing a ton of people in your practice is very, very high. However, if you're an orthopedic surgeon, for example, you're only, meaning your net is also going to be very small. You're only going to see people that typically have some sort of orthopedic issue. You know, you're not going to, if you're a guy that does ACL repairs as an ortho, you're probably not going to see a lot of people walking in with heart disease and asking them to refill their Lipitor, right? Well, same thing in chiropractic. We have what I believe is kind of a a soon-to-be specialized split in the profession where doctors are going to come out of school and become quote-unquote generalized chiropractors. But if you want to become a specialist, you can go on and do more training and become more of a specialist. Now, I don't want to dive into that realm even more, but I see that as the future as far as what chiropractic is. But as it is currently right now, anybody can call themselves a specialist in any area. Meaning you could say you're a specialist of kids or of, you know, a specialist for sports or a specialist for damn near anything if you can create a niche for yourself. Now, here's what they always say. They always say the riches are in the niches. If you guys have not heard that term, I'm going to tell you again, the riches are in the niches. Meaning this, if you can establish yourself as the specialist of whatever it is in that particular area, and, and that's the big word, and you know how to find people that are looking for that specific service or product, you're set. That's you. You can do it. Now, the thing that we see a lot of is doctors will come out and say, hey, I'm a sports chiropractor, but have zero idea how to market themselves and zero idea how to run a business. And ultimately, they fail because they can't attract the correct client, which is going to pay them that $70. They end up falling backwards and charging $30 or $40, which is in that same bucket as the insurance company. And then guess what? They don't win. They end up losing out. So if you're going to be a specialist and you think that's the path for you, you must know how to market yourself and your services like none other. Now, I will tell you this. A specialized practice is typically going to be smaller than the generalized practice. However, you're going to be able to develop a tribe of people that literally 
drink the Kool-Aid. And what do I mean by that? These people, if you establish yourself correctly, will buy anything that you suggest, will buy every pillow, orthotic, supplement, foot brace, knee brace, kinesio tape, laser, anything that you suggest. Why? Because these people typically love you. They literally will give their left arm for you because you do such a great job of taking care of them and or your family. However, unlike the generalist, very, very small pool of people. So the real question that you guys have to ask yourself is really two things. Number one, what is your time worth? And number two, are you in a position to specialize? And if you're not, that's cool. Don't, don't hate on that. Accept it. You know, I don't know about you guys. I've been in practice for 11 years now. And, you know, everywhere I go, you know, people are like cash, 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 cash. And they're like putting it down people's throats. And like, you know, if you don't run a cash practice, you're terrible and this and that. Hey, let's be honest about it, guys. There's a lot of doctors who don't run cash-only practices who are crushing it as well. It's just a different formula. It is very much a high-volume formula if you're going to run a insurance-based practice and expect to make large sums of money. And really, guys, that's what it comes down to. If you're going to run a specialized practice, you can charge more money. You're going to see fewer people. But ultimately, you're going to make a little bit more money on the back end. Now, those specialized practices, those doctors are usually taking more time with their patients as well. Now, I'm not going to say that happens in every practice because I've seen some pediatric practices where the doctor's with, with the kids for one to three minutes and they pay an extremely high amount of money for an adjustment, but they're specialized versus a generalized normal insurance-based practice where the doctor's with them for one to three minutes and it's kind of like that flying seven adjustment, you know, to the left, to the right, up top, down low, in and out, right? So I wanted to make this, guys, because I believe right now we are definitely seeing the makeup, the foundation, the work for this split in our chiropractic practices. Now, I'm not saying there's a split in the profession or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that you as a doctor really, really need to understand and know what is your differentiating factor in your practice versus every other practice in your town. You know, at Well-Rounded, when we bring on clients to do website design for them, that's the first thing we ask. Like, Hey, Dr. Mike, how are you different than anybody else? And so often we hear, oh, we got the greatest staff, our office is clean, we, we have these new tables, great. But what differentiates yourself? Like what is the thing that you do so different than any other doctor in your town? If I opened Google and you guys all ranked exactly the same, what would be that thing? What would be the thing that drove people to you? That's the thing that you guys got to really dive into and really discover for yourself. And if you can make it something specialized, like, hey, I help pregnant women prepare for labor and delivery. We do it through natural healing and chiropractic. Boom. Amazing small niche. Or, hey, I love to take care of special needs kids. Boom. Small niche. Hey, I love to take care of high-level athletes who do triathlon and CrossFit. Boom, specialized niche. Versus, who do you take care of? Uh, well, anybody. 
I'll, I'll see them all. Cradle to grave. Uh, low back pain, neck pain, headaches, migraines. Yep, I got them. No big deal. Uh, rib pain. Yep, totally. Uh, how about a foot? Yeah, sometimes I just feet too. You guys see the difference? Do you see the difference between being specialized and being generalized? I'm not saying one's right. I'm not saying one's wrong. I'm saying it's up to you to decide where you feel great at. And to be honest with you, if it's cool, if you're on the generalized side, you know, I have a lot of friends who are generalized chiropractors and and I say, why do you like this? And they say, it's because I never know what's going to be in the next room. I don't know if I'm going to be adjusting a one-year-old baby or a 101-year-old grandma, or I'm going to be seeing them both right after one another. And on the opposite side of it, I talk to my doctors who only take care of like high-level athletes and they say, oh my God, I'm so happy to not have to take care of a 101-year-old grandma. And if you put a baby in my arms, holy Jesus, I can hug them, but I don't necessarily know what to do besides check their atlas. So guys, it really comes down to you and really what you want. Now, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Are you specialized? Are you generalized? Have you even thought about it like that? You know, I can tell you a lot of doctors have no idea. They literally just come out and start to get to work. And it's like, well, whoever ended up through my door, I guess that's who I am. But maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we're not putting out the right signals to attract the right people into our practice. Think about it backwards. Don't think about it the opposite way. All right, guys, I hope this podcast kind of struck home to some of you guys. I hope it kind of rang true. I know a lot of young doctors, a lot of students right now are really trying to find their path, especially amid this whole COVID thing where they're trying to come out and really figure out who they are and where they're going to land. If you guys like this, please uh, let me know. Send me a message. Jump inside the Chiropractic Business Club on Facebook. Leave me a review here on podcast or wherever you're listening to on Apple. We're on all these different podcasts now that I just switched over to Anchor FM. So we're on Google Podcasts and Spotify and all kinds of cool places. So I'm pumped to do that as well. All right, y'all. Good talking to you guys. As always, I'm here for you. Peace out.